The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 till 11. On the line to get started for the last time this year, Christine Cousins, State MP for Geelong. Christine, good morning. Thanks for being on the program. Good morning, Mitch. Thank you. Well, first of all, today is a bit of a shift, as I mentioned, because people are being told in a lot of cases to come back to work. I believe the public service is being told you have to do three days a week in the office. So a real shift compared to where we've been over the last few months. Yeah, and I think, you know, in lots of ways, people are really keen to get back to, you know, pre-COVID conditions. But, you know, it's going to take some time and, you know, having that three days to ease people back in. Um, and negotiations around, you know, people that want to continue to work at home as well. I'm just wondering what do you think will happen to the Geelong CBD when people are coming back? Do you think it will return to pre-COVID levels? Because I know there are some people that are concerned about the Melbourne CBD and the Geelong CBD as being very quiet because they think that people will still be working from home post-COVID. Yeah, look, I think, you know, that's an interesting question. And, you know, from what I see and hear from people, um, Geelong will bounce back fairly quickly. And we're already seeing that, you know, the city's been full of people um, doing what they, you know, want to do and shopping and going to work and all those things. And let's keep in mind, a lot of people have continued to work through COVID. They've been frontline workers um, in retail and supermarkets um, you know, all those things, I think people are really keen to get back to some normality, um, but at the same time are equally cautious about how we do that. The pandemic legislation coming before Parliament, we've clearly seen some disgraceful displays of conduct mm-hmm. during the protests and allegations of people publishing the home addresses of MPs, which is outrageous and must be condemned. Do you think there are people out there, and maybe we'll be talking to one of them in the second hour, Stuart Grimley, who have legitimate concerns about the bill, or do you think everyone who is opposed to it has been caught up in what some have labelled far-right extremism? Oh, I wouldn't necessarily say for all of them far-right extremism. I think misinformation um, is the key point here. And, you know, what we've seen in those um, horrific scenes in Melbourne is just totally unacceptable. And, you know, the majority of the community um, condemn that, including myself. So I think, you know, people are keen to find out the accurate information about the bill, which is really good. Some aren't. Um, but I think, you know, when when you look at what is in the bill, it's no broader than what's available in any other jurisdiction um, and other countries around the world. And the bill's the most accountable and transparent public health law in the country. So, you know, I think if people haven't looked at it or tried to gain some understanding about it, they should do that and base it on fact, not misinformation that we're seeing circulating through our community. It sounds, from what I've heard of the crossbenchers, and I've listened to interviews with a lot of them, that mm-hmm. uh, each one of them is coming at it from a different level of concern, like Catherine Cumming, I think is against the idea completely of people being locked out of venues if they haven't been vaccinated. So how is the government going to go getting it through the Legislative Council when everyone who you're trying to negotiate with has a different perspective? Yeah, look, I, I, you know, those talks are underway and they'll continue. Um, I think, you know, again, it comes back to misinformation. Uh, the vast majority of people I know, certainly in my community um, and those that have reached out to me thanking me and the government for the work we've been doing, see it as critical. They don't want to be sitting in a cinema with somebody else 
that's not vaccinated and potentially got COVID. People want to protect their families. You know, a woman approached me on Friday night at an event and said, you know, why do people not care about what they're going to potentially do to other people? I mean, that's the view of the vast majority of people. We have been through a horrific two years. You know, there's no doubt of that. And people are really keen to get back to normal and try to get on with their lives. They're all, the vast majority, 95% of, or 97%, I think it is, of people in Geelong have now been double-vaxxed. To me, that is the indicator that people are supporting the government, regardless of what political party they vote for, they listen to the health experts and the science. So there's no doubt that people are clearly supporting having something in place that protects us if we have another variant, if we have another pandemic. You know, I'd hate to think what would happen if we had the opposition in government during this pandemic. In terms of the restrictions, the Premier has talked about the lightest touch possible going into summer and great to see mm-hmm. some of those changes like losing masks, etc. But some of us, like me, that have long memories can remember him using the exact same term, the lightest touch possible, last year and we know what happened. Now, I understand that the vaccine is on board now and that's probably one big thing behind us. But are you concerned when you look in the, the Northern Hemisphere countries that are battling with increasing COVID rates that we may have to look at lockdowns here next year, next winter? Oh, look, you know, we can never say never. Anything's possible and and we've experienced that over the last two years. I think the difference to what's happening in particularly in countries in Europe where they are going back into lockdown, if you look at their vaccine rates, they were only around 60-70%, which is why we've been so cautious in Victoria and, of course, in other states as well, that we're not going to open up too early. We're not going to open up and take the risk of a different variant coming in or COVID spreading really quickly throughout our community. We've taken the time step by step and I think that's what Victorians appreciate. The sittings of Parliament, I'm just wondering how many more sittings of Parliament do you have for the rest of the year because I seem to recall that there was a few disruptions, so I'm assuming you're catching up. But also I think there's quite a bit of legislation that you're pushing through this year, isn't there? Yeah, we've got one more sitting. Um, We've caught up on all the... Well, yeah, we only missed two sittings, so we've caught those up. Um, so, yes, we will be sitting one more um, week this year, which will be on the 30th of November. And what legislation is likely to be up for debate at this point in the year? Um, I think we've got most leg- legislation through that we intended to get through. Um, you know, as you're probably aware, there's you know legislation passed through the House last week when we were sitting. So I don't think there's anything of major controversy that's um, coming up. Now, youth mental health, can you talk to us about that? Because I believe Mm. there's been an announcement around that here in Geelong. Yeah, so obviously during the pandemic, we've seen an increase in demand for um, mental health services, including in particular for young people. Um, And, you know, young people have done it pretty tough because, you know, they haven't been able to socialise and there's been boredom and all those things that have occurred. But they're also very resilient as well. And, you know, if you look at the comments in the Addy today from young people... Yeah, I read that, yeah. It's really impressive, their attitude. 
you know, what they're doing. But of course, there are young people that have been more severely impacted. Um, and we've recently announced the new mental health facility for young people, which is absolutely fantastic for Geelong. We'll actually have youth beds um, instead of young people having to go to Melbourne um, or, you know, not necessarily being provided with a youth-specific mental health support at Geelong. So this is an amazing um announcement for Geelong. The May budget, we announced the funding for it and uh, last week we announced that it's actually going to be based in Geelong. So that's something we can really look forward to. And, you know, what it will do will provide more of a home-like environment rather than a hospital environment, provide that early intervention and alternative to hospital care, which will, uh, construction will start next year. And how will it work in that um, if a parent or even a young person themselves is concerned about their mental health, do they get a referral from a, a GP? How does that work, particularly what you're talking about there with the early uh, intervention? Yeah, either a GP or another health professional. Uh, it might even be a school mental health support worker. So it's about ensuring that they have access to that. But on top of that, we're also building the mental health hub in Murrable Street in Geelong, um, where people can walk in off the street once that's completed and up and operational. Um, because what, you know, what we heard, particularly during the, um, Royal Commission into Mental Health was that ability to access mental health care, um, before things got out of hand. So people can walk in off the street and get that, um, support that they need. And we're at the end of another year, and uh, this is the last time that we'll be talking for this year. And, of course, yes. this is year three out of the four-year term, your second term in Parliament. Um, when we do a bit of a year in review, what do you think people will remember 2021 for? Well, obviously COVID. <laughs> we can't move away from that. But I think, um, you know, I'd like to think the, the the Royal Commission is a real standout, the Royal Commission into Mental Health and the services that are being brought into Geelong and hopefully um, early next year we'll be talking about the construction of the um, youth mental health, the opening of the mental health hub in Murrable Street, um, the opening of the early parenting centre, the acute mental health facility that we're currently building, um, the drug and alcohol rehab centre, but also opening things like the Geelong Arts Centre redevelopment, the new Gordon Tafe Culinary School. You know, there's so much that we've got to look forward to for next year. Well, thank you very much for being on the program. We're always excited when it's an election year on this program, so we're yes. looking forward to next year as well. But uh, have a good break and we'll talk to you next year. Yeah, and to all your listeners, have a great festive season and a safe one. And I look forward to coming back. And thanks, Mitch, for having me on this year. Thank you very much. Christine Cousins, the State MP for Geelong. The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 to 11. Or search for Mitchell's Front Page on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or wherever you get your podcasts.